Welcome. Welcome. We're on the floor uh, to Becoming Parents. I'm with James for Fit for Birth. Today, I am going to be the client. This is a special series. James, why don't you actually describe what the series is and then we can get started? Yeah, I would say that uh, this is for your listeners to be able to take themselves through a fitness assessment. It's a corrective exercise style assessment. It's, um, you know, it's fit for birth. We do, we work with pregnant people and postpartum people and preconception people. Um, although this is an assessment that quite frankly could be done by almost anyone. And so now essentially we're going to, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you a few things um, and then we're going to do it again and see how you feel. And, and I invite, of course, every listener to follow along with this. Now, now in order to get a success, I think it's important to understand something. The beginning assessment that we did for your breathing is such a critical factor because ev almost everyone's going to fail this in modern society. Fail meaning that natural diaphragmatic breathing is supposed to be inhale that the first two thirds of the inhale fills belly and ribs. And think about that belly out to the front, ribs out to the side in the, in the torso. And most people, it goes right up into the the shoulders raising up into the ears, right? Now, breathing like your heart muscle, the heart muscle is, is designed to, to do a job every, you know, a whole bunch of times every day. Well, your breathing muscle, the diaphragm is designed to do that also, they say 20 to 25,000 times a day. Now, here's the reason I mentioned that is because if that muscle doesn't do its job, then a few things are going to happen. One is that other muscles are going to have to try to do the job for it. Now I'm gonna, I'm gonna go through two scenarios with you. Number one, to relate it to you specifically and really to many listeners out there is that if air does not get pulled deep into the chamber with an obvious abdominal, and by the way, did you remember you noticed that the abdominal movement came when you laid down, when yeah. you were in a relaxed state, but then when you stood up, it didn't quite happen the same way. And, and um, well, that's very telling, that's very common. And it gives you a sense that your body can do it. It's just not choosing to do it in an upright state. And typically I just will throw out there that it's probably mental, emotional, it's stress, it's a, it's a pattern, it's a, it's a, you know, there's gravitational components too, but it is, it's a program that almost all of us are doing. We do not pull air. Uh, deeper into the chamber. Okay, so what happens is, is that in your case, Jen, and in many cases, it's likely that your upper trap, and for whatever reason, the left one, you feel more than the right one right now, but the upper traps then have to pull the rib cage up because the diaphragm is not pulling the rib cage open at the bottom. And so now you have a scenario where 20,000 times a day, you're trying to pull the rib cage up, up from the top with muscles that are not designed to do that. Some of us out there listening have heard of fast twitch versus slow twitch fibers or postural muscles versus phasic muscles. Um, and really what that means is that, that's what I was saying, heart and diaphragm are designed to do constant work all day long. Your upper trap is not designed to do that same level of work all day long. So when it's asked to do it, it's going to burn out. And so your first exercise, as is almost everyone's going to be at this baseline, like what are all humans suffering from right now? We all need to breathe better. So almost everyone listening right now is it, the only people that ever passed this test, by the way, are people like deep sea divers. 
who are so good at manipulating their diaphragm. Like I'm talking yoga instructors fail this test, fitness professionals, it, it, it doesn't matter. It's just, this is sort of like a chronic stress syndrome for the way that our you know, society functions, right? So first of all, now I'm relating it to your pain, one pain that you're having, your left, you've called it your left shoulder. It's really your left trap pain. Imagine going to the massage therapist every day and getting the massage therapist to release it only to get up off the table. And for the next 10,000 repetitions, you activate it with tension because you're not breathing with the right muscle, right? So it, it's kind of like the side point. Let's go to the underlying cause. All right, that's number one. Number two now, let's, let's, let's talk about your goals, your, your like how to be a functional human being and perform better in the gym when you do your weights and things like this. Um, that when your diaphragm doesn't do its job, when I see that, you know, the, the chest is rising or, or you feel the chest is rising, what we do at Fit for Birth with our professionals is we teach them that you can then, once a person breathes up into their, their chest complex, you can assume that their core is not working for the rest of the assessment now. Um, now, I did watch your assessment and I was able to see that indeed you are a little disconnected from the core in that way, only because if your breathing isn't working, just standing up thinking about breathing, it's probably not working very well when, we, when you're actually in the exercise. And here's the connection. The diaphragm is the top of what's called the inner unit core box. The bottom is your pelvic floor. We have a whole assessment for that that we can do. And then the, the sides are your transverse abdominis. It basically wraps around, it's the corset that wraps around your torso. That's the system that is designed, it's like a pump cyclic system that's designed to work. So if you can imagine when the diaphragm activates, the pelvic floor actually relaxes. And then when the diaphragm comes back up into the chamber, the pelvic floor mirrors it back up. And so if the diaphragm doesn't work, how it's the homeostatic regulator for the inner core. So how well will the pelvic floor work 25,000 times a day? It's not, it, it, it doesn't get the stimulus to do its job. It's not being toned into existence, right? And so you now have a pelvic floor that's either holding and locked tight, or you have it that it's completely dysfunctional and let out depending on what your particular thing is or something in between, of course, I'm just you know helping people to visualize how this is working. The same thing goes for your core muscles. Now, of course, this is something for pregnancy, for postpartum, when you want to you know put your tummy back into place after baby has exited, right? You have a corset and that corset is actually part of the same pump system. And so if the diaphragm doesn't go into the chamber, then the transverse abdominis corset doesn't know how to gently expand and then gently contract 25,000 times a day. So imagine how many of us are missing out on 25,000 opportunities every single day for just having good core function, almost all of us. So with that being said, that's what we're going to put into play. Now, I'm not even going to show you an exercise for it right now. We're just going to do the assessment again. And now with just your mind and your, your, your imagination of, well, how do I get movement into my midsection? We're going to see if we can produce a different um, you know, system, uh, a different feeling in your movement. So I guess, I guess I'll, I'll guide you through it right now. I know you're sitting down. Um, if you put your hands on your belly, very simple, and then you inhale and fill into your belly. Yep. And then exhale. And when you exhale, it's almost like you can think about your tummy muscles getting smaller, corseting. Again, you can do this when you're pregnant or postpartum or not, you know, pre-fertility and all of that. 
So if you do, so first of all, do you feel, Jen, that you have access over being able to inhale and fill into the belly and then exhale? Now, I will say that some of you listeners out there, it's not uncommon to, to have some access as soon as someone tells you like I've just done. It's, however, there's going to be a significant portion of you out there who legitimately cannot actually achieve it in an upright position right now. And that's okay. So that just means you have to practice and we'll get to our core section in a moment when I actually take you through some of these exercises. But um, but the system is still the same. We're going to have to turn it on from wherever you are. Now, go ahead and stand up for me, Jen. And this will be how we finish out our assessment portion Okay. by having you... Well, since you're standing up and we had did this before for anyone who's viewing, take a few breaths and show us if this looks a little different. And do you think that you're able to achieve a difference on this, Jen? Yes, but I'm a singer and mm. I understand diaphragm breathing. So you're right that 25,000 times a day, I'm not thinking about it. If I get on stage to sing, instantly you stand differently and you you have to breathe from your diaphragm yeah yeah so well well said um you're right singers can often do better especially once prompted but there is a difference between like right now i would expect jen that you'll be able to do very good you're going to put this into place right now for your exercises the question will then be for you personally is how much will you come back to be present with it throughout your life otherwise, like when you're doing the dishes or picking up the grandkids or whatever? Um, and those will be the times when I say, hey, use your singer breathing because your singer breathing turns on your core, which then makes you better at the gym at the things you're doing. You're going to be more likely to use the right muscles and and have less aches and pains and stuff. It's It's the most critical foundational piece. So now that you can do it there, go ahead and do the rest of it. So squat. Now, here's the tricky part is that I'd like you to breathe to squat. You are no longer doing the old squat that you thought that you that your program is. I'd like you to do it differently. I'd like you to breathe to squat. So that might mean for some of you listening that you're going to inhale as you squat down. And for others, it might mean that you exhale as you squat down. I don't really care right now. I just need you to squat. I would offer that oftentimes fitness professionals unnecessarily tell you when to breathe and it often actually dis distracts from just being able to use your core breathing. This is what we call at Fit for Birth core breathing belly pump to give you a sense of you know what we're moving toward here. This is again just basic foundations but inhale fills the belly and ribs and then exhale and if you're pregnant hug the baby uh, or exhale and if you're postpartum you corset your midsection. Now my question for you, I know you've done it a few times, Jim. Um, what does it feel like? Where, where the same question, where are you feeling tired right now? Oh, I wasn't as much. I didn't think about it actually. I think it would probably still be my quads and glutes. And when I first started, I was breathing, I was inhaling going into the squat and it was very uncomfortable and I switched it. So I already know that I'm conditioned to breathe when squatting in a way that's backwards for my body. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, these are great aha moments. This is it. I mean, I could almost stop the assessment now and say, okay, great. You're already getting the sense of it, but I'm going to go through each of them with you. I also don't want to gloss over the fact that you just said, 
<clears throat> when I said, well, what's getting tired now? And you said, wasn't as much. Yeah. This I... is critical because this is exactly one of the critical differences of once you use your core breathing, you don't get tired as, as much. It's amazing. Imagine that for a life, right? The second thing to note is this, is that it, yes, you're probably right. You still have the same motor patterns going into the quad and the glutes. Um, I'm going to, I tell you what, before I say much more about that, I'd like you to sort of be in the awareness of, are you feeling the same proportions of quads and glutes? Actually answer that question. Do you know right now? You can take a few more if it's helpful. It was a, probably 50-50 almost. It was more. Okay. And I didn't okay. notice it as much. So. Okay. Exactly. Now this is critical too, because you know how fitness instructors will say, okay, in class, hold for, give me one minute and hold the position and you're burning. Well, you're burning mostly because you're using the wrong. Well, I shouldn't say mostly often you're burning because you're using the wrong muscles. The fact of the matter is that glutes are what's supposed to be the dominant uh, muscle group of lower body exercises, which is squats, lunges, and the two bends that we have here today in our assessment. So the fact that you did a squat and it was 66% yeah. quads and 33% glutes, and it shifted you to 50-50, and it just in general wasn't as tiring. Well, did I teach you how to turn your glutes on here? No, you just no. focused on my breathing. That's exactly right. In fact, what 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 the, the take-home message for all the listeners right now is that by getting your core breathing to work, it naturally balances almost every other biomechanical joint and, and system that's going on in your body. It's unbelievable, the power of getting your core breathing to work. So now, just to kind of go through the motions, take a few, and then we'll wrap it up. Take a few lunges. So, um, you know, again, five on each side. And I know now the sort of the cat's out of the bag. You know that it's supposed to be a little more glutes and you know, this, just by knowing that it's going to potentially affect and why not? Because now we're in coaching. So you might as well try to do your best. But the main thing to do right now is to use your core breath. And when I, when I say core breath, by the way, typically I'm talking about an inhale and exhale through the nose right now. I, I don't, I don't, there's not a very good reason to open the mouth um, unless you are at extreme ends of exercise. Like, in other words, save your mouth for when you need it to run from the tiger or, or win the Olympic championship. Nose breathing is what your body is uh, hardwired for parasympathetic for the rest and relax zone. The, which I know is the opposite of exercise. We, we, it's okay to go sympathetic for exercise, but in general, we are too fight or flight burned out. And so we want to sort of, we want to just, we want to practice how we want to be. And most people who are mouth breathers have a lot more problems. That's scientifically proven. We want to become nose breathers. Now, I know that you did a few lunges on each side. How did you feel? Did you did you feel, first of all, you're able to connect the breath as you went up and down? Yeah, I have to think about it. And I noticed that the movements are more slow. So because I'm slowing down based on my breathing, that's probably a good thing. <laughs> I mean- Yeah, that's right. It's, it's movement centered on your breath, on you, on your homeostatic mechanism, as opposed to centered on the what the instructor's saying or what you think you're supposed to do. I, remember, this is corrective exercise. I'd like you to do it well before doing more of it. Right. Um, I felt more in my quads, though. Okay. So, again, I uh, on a lunge, 
I don't expect with any first time assessment that to correct. That's a very deep entrenched pattern. It's harder than the squat. It usually doesn't shift in my experience. And so just know this, that that's why we're going to have a lower body segment later. So we can add to this, right? Let's now do the bend. You did the bend with the two dumbbells before. Let's do them again that way. Basically, remember, this is a breathing bend. You're going to breathe on the way down and breathe on the way up. Sometimes for those listeners who feel like they're not really able to coordinate that, <clears throat> sometimes I'll have you go down, then breathe an entire cycle at the bottom. So it might look like exhaling down, inhaling at the bottom, exhaling at the bottom, and then inhaling up or something like that. I don't really care if it's exhale or inhale down, remember? I don't care when you do it. I'm just um, saying you can, there's different ways you can slow down your movement to, to try to learn how to use your breath. Now, what did you feel there? I felt hamstrings on the way down, the pull, you know, the, the stretch, and I felt glute on the way up. Okay, so that's already now progress again. So again, you're learning to use core breathing. And last time, the reason this is progress is because last time you said hamstring and calves. Hamstring and calves are not like the wrong muscles, except that you didn't say glutes, hamstring, and calves, which glutes should be the number one thing picking you up and down here. So the fact that, again, I didn't really tell you uh, how to change your positions and postures in order to get glutes, but that's starting to come out. It's a reflection of two things. Technically, one, you're using your core breathing. That always happens. And then number two, as I said, and in full transparency, now that you know to use your glutes, you probably will start to be able to do them a little bit more in general. Uh, let's do now the twist. Now, the twist technically was one of your, quote unquote, most accurate or best assessments from because you said core and lat. And that's actually accurate. We should be feeling the oblique muscles rotate you. Just for the fun of it, please do your use your breathing and try to reinforce that feeling even more. Um, so the fact that you feel it in your lat, they are muscles that can rotate for you. That's natural. I would like them to be secondary to the obliques, not primary. For most of the listeners out there, you probably felt it somewhere in your back. Lower back is very common to say. Lats is also common, um, even traps and neck and stuff like that. So we want to try to make this from your obliques as you repractice it right now. So much more abdominal. Great. So much more abdominal. There we go. So we're progressing. And and again, the progression is just, you know what to do. Right. All right. The next one is the bent row. Well, yeah. By the way, that order. What's that? The order is not really totally important or anything. I love bent row. Um, so the bent row is, yeah, you're sort of bent forward. You Remember, this is the changing table. You're using the the uh, the coffee table to change the, the infant's diaper, something like that. So in this position now, there's a, there's, this is technically the more complex one. There's three things we're looking at. You should feel your shoulder blades working, not your upper traps. Um, not, what's that? It's lower in my back. It's lower in your back. It, it should be more in your glutes holding you up as opposed to lower back. No, not lower back. Like it was up here before and now it's ah. here-ish. Okay, great. So that's a good uh, motion that it went to your lats. Yes, thank you. Um, and in the future, we would want this to be shoulder blades. Most people who've been in the gym environment of weightlifting know because they've had a trainer or fitness people say, hey, feel this between your shoulder blades. So that's what, that's where it should be is between the shoulder blades. 
what I'm most interested in is what's holding you up still, because that's the foundation. So what is holding you up? Is it glutes or lower back or is it oh. hamstrings or calves? Definitely. Well, I'd say glutes, hamstrings, quads. They're almost all equal. Okay, great. Now that's better. That's good. That's good. Synergistic, you know, like your body's working together, the lower body. We want your glutes involved for sure. And they tend to be off in most humans. Um, and so we want to keep going for glutes. And, and most of our corrective exercise sessions will focus on abdominal or core work in general, and then also on glutes to try to keep balancing people's systems as they come back through for training sessions with us. Go ahead to a push-up, final one. And it's the same thing. First, for oh, your chest should be the thing that you feel most. You did, this was your other very good one here. Uh, yeah. You said chest and front shoulders. Just try to make it uh, continue to, to maintain chest. Front shoulders is fine. Arms is, is fine as long as they're secondary. Um, but now you're using your breathing. So you're inhaling and exhaling and you're, you're sort of core breathing. You're putting activity, mental activity, and therefore physical activity into your midsection. So that I also, I think it's positioning too, you know, when you're working out and you're targeting chest, but I want to distribute it on my body. I don't know because it's easier to distribute it. Yeah. So I think another important thing is knowing what muscles are being targeted because once I know that, um, the breathing is helps incredibly, but knowing that helps me to shift just a little bit so that I'm not faking it. Sure. Right. I'm not sure. without realizing it, I'm intentionally distributing the weight. So I'm not targeting that muscle. Yeah. So I notice that as soon as you tell me it should be mostly in your chest, I just it's so and it's such a small shift, but you shift just a little to make sure that you're focusing your chest. Right. So between knowing the muscle and breathing at the right times in the right way, then they're much more difficult. <laughs> Right. And I think that's what, what we're unintentionally trying to avoid is that it's difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. The human body is a, a, a we're going to seek the path of least resistance. And that's where the compensations occur. And it's interesting because difficult can be one of two things. It can be mentally challenging to try for many listeners right now. It's mentally challenging to try to breathe while doing that movement that they've been doing uh, otherwise. And so there's a complexity there that's difficult, quote unquote. However, what, what I hope is coming out that you have felt already is that actually once you start getting the right muscles, movements actually start to become easier. And that gives you a big playground with which to work because you can jump higher, run faster. You can also, by the way, flex the appropriate muscles with more accuracy and precision. And therefore, for those of you who want to build a muscle, can actually build muscle more effectively. So everything across the board, you just want to start from the foundation of functional, function, function. Specifically for the uh, push-up here, many listeners who did get the synchronized breathing uh, working with the, with the push-up will feel the push-up immediately become easier, actually, significantly easier. I don't know if you had said that that was accurate for what you felt also, Jen, or not necessarily. It was accurate for, I think the push up is the toughest exercise for me to sink my breathing to. Okay. So yes, it did get easier when I was breathing. And I think for me, I've noticed I, the way that I 
have been trained with trainers or whatever, you know, when they tell you to breathe in on one and out, however, my brain's working it on in a couple instances, it's opposite of what I have conditioned myself or been conditioned to breathe. And that opened up a huge thing. When I breathed opposite on the squat, it was like, it was absolutely huge. Trying to breathe in, inhale on the way down for me, it felt like everything was getting in the way and I was tripping over myself kind of. So yes, they all got easier when I synced my breathing. The push-up's the hardest one for me to sync my breathing. I mean, really beautifully said, the take-home messages there are so, so, so great. Think your breathing for you, not for the instructor, what you think is supposed to be happening. Please listen to your own body. Thank you. Thank you so much.